Did you become a beauty business owner to take control of your life, have more freedom, and make more money only to realize it takes way more time and money than you were expecting to run the show? Maybe you see plenty of clients in your chair each day, but you don't know how to pay yourself. Maybe you're just getting started and want to be totally certain that you set yourself up for success right out of the gate. Maybe the view from your parking lot screams booming business, but behind the scenes, you know the financial side of the operation is quite messy. Maybe you've hired someone to do your bookkeeping and taxes, but still don't have a clue where your beauty business stands. When you're eager to take control of your beauty business's finances, come join me where we'll peel back the curtain on all of the money skills you wish you learned in beauty school. I'm Michelle Cook, a former beauty school graduate turned licensed CPA, and this is the Perfectly Profitable Stylist Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. I wanted to talk to you today about one of the most common tax deductions that I get asked about. And I'm just going to be straight up with you right now. It's probably my least favorite one to answer questions about just simply because in the beauty industry, it's not the deduction that we're all hoping and wishing that it was. And so I just hate delivering bad news, but I want you guys to understand everything behind it why it works out that way usually in the beauty industry and what you can do about it. So let's talk about cars, vehicles, mileage, all that good stuff. Now, the first and most important thing to understand about deducting vehicle expenses is that the vehicle mileage needs to be for a business purpose. And that's important to understand because there seems to be this misconception out there that just because I buy a vehicle and I happen to put the title in my business's name, now everything's all of a sudden deductible. And that's not true. You actually have to keep a mileage log showing how you're traveling, what you're doing it for, to prove that the mileage that you're taking is business. Now, one aspect of this that is not really obvious to people who are not tax accountants is that a commute in the IRS's eyes is personal mileage. And I know that doesn't seem fair. You're like, hey, but I'm driving to my place of business. Clearly, that is a business mileage expense. However, the way that the IRS looks at it is is that If a regular W-2 employee is traveling to their work, they don't get to deduct that on their tax return. And so they're trying to level the playing field because they're like, well, no one else gets to deduct a commute. Why does a business owner get to deduct their commute? So how it works is that when you initially drive from your home to a business location, then that's not deductible. But then let's say that after you get to the business location and then you go to, say, run business errands or maybe you have multiple salon locations that you're driving between, those miles are deductible. So let's talk about what kind of things you do get a mileage deduction for. Examples of appropriate business travel would be going for educational purposes, running errands, maybe Things like going to the bank, grabbing product for hair, grabbing snacks for clients, just kind of those general errands that you might need to pick things up for. If you happen to do house calls for your clients, 
then those can be deductible. So now that we have a better understanding of what type of travel is considered business and deductible versus personal, let's talk more about the actual deduction. There are two ways that you can deduct your mileage. First is called the standard method, and then the second is called the actual method. So let's talk about the standard method first. Every single year, the IRS determines a rate that they're going to use to calculate the standard mileage rate. So when you go to prepare the tax return or when your accountant goes to prepare the tax return for you, what they're going to do is take the number of miles that you drove for business and they're going to multiply that by the standard mileage rate that the IRS has decided for that year. And voila, there is your deduction. The really nice part about the standard mileage method is that it's very simple. And it's so nice to not have to track all of those little individual receipts for gas or other things if you don't want to have to go through all of that extra work. And I have found that the standard rate that the IRS gives is fairly generous. And it's unlikely in most situations for beauty professionals that you're going to have actual expenses that are greater than your standard mileage deduction. If you want to claim the standard mileage deduction, then you have to choose that method from the beginning with your vehicle. The other option is to take the actual mileage deduction. If your business is large enough to where you have a fleet of vehicles, you could actually be required to use the actual mileage deduction. But let's be honest, salons don't have fleets of vehicles, so that's not usually an issue. The actual mileage method is exactly the way that it sounds, you are going to track your mileage and also track every single vehicle expense that you have. Gas, repairs, oil changes, anything to do with the vehicle. Now, you'll take the percentage of business miles divided by total miles, and then you'll take that percentage and apply it to every single vehicle expense that you have for the year. Taking the actual mileage deduction is a lot more work than taking the standard mileage deduction. So that's why I was saying most of the time beauty professionals don't use it because one, it rarely yields the higher deduction and two, it requires a lot more work on your end. A common misconception I see beauty business owners have is something related to the section 179 deduction. I don't want to bore you with like tax code or whatnot, but you've seen the TikTok videos where someone's like, I bought a G-Wagon and now I got deducted all on my tax return 100% in the first year. So it's not that it's totally untrue. It's just that in the beauty industry, it doesn't work quite as well as it does for other industries. So the rules are If you use a vehicle for more than 50% business, so let's say you have a vehicle using it both for personal and business, it's more than 50% getting used in your business, and it weighs over 6,000 pounds, then you can take the Section 179 deduction, deduct everything the first year. Here's the problem. It is very rare in the beauty industry that a vehicle is going to be 
more than 50% business use. And what happens usually is that business owners are including the commuting mileage in when they're thinking that it's over 50%. But like we talked about before, commuting is personal. But let me just say this because I have seen this happen to people and I want to save you from this heartache, which is a beast called depreciation recapture. Let's say that you did take that deduction. Let's say you qualified for it. You used the car more than 50%. We were able to take a deduction. If you sell that car, let's say two years later, guess what? You get to pay taxes on selling that car. We're not used to paying taxes on selling cars because what happens normally when we sell our cars is that we buy it, say, for $15,000 and then we sell it for $10,000. So we're always selling cars at a loss. And so we never have to pay income tax on the sale of a car. Well, all of that changes when you start messing around with Section 179 deductions and taking depreciation on your vehicle within a business. Because what happens is, let's say we have that $15,000 car. Well, when you take the depreciation all at once in one year, now the value of that car, according to your books, is zero. But then now, a couple years later, you sell it for $10,000, Well, the value on the books was zero because you depreciated all of it. So now you have a $10,000 gain that you have to pay taxes on. So this is why I get frustrated sometimes with these TikTok advice videos. It's not that the information is incorrect. It's just that the whole picture isn't being explained. And if you look at things in the long term, a lot of times they don't really make sense because ultimately they're not really benefiting you. And I hate to see business owners get in a situation where they owe a bunch of money that they were not expecting. So lastly, I want to talk to you about documentation for your business mileage. The IRS has very strict rules about mileage because they know it's something that can be so easily abused by business owners. So what they require in your mileage log is to have the date of the trip, the purpose of the trip, and how many miles were driven. So if you ever have to prove that you were taking a business trip to the IRS, you're gonna have to produce this mileage log. So this is why it's important to keep a mileage log throughout the year of all of your business travel. You have to keep this mileage log for three years after your taxes have been filed and the deductions been claimed. A really, really easy way to take care of this is to use QuickBooks. They have an app that you can throw on your phone as long as you have a subscription with QuickBooks and it will pop up and say, was this trip business or personal? And you can swipe left or right for business or personal. It'll allow you to put in the purpose of the trip. It already through the GPS tracks how many miles were driven and the date of the trip. So it makes it super easy to go ahead and track all of this stuff. If you don't have a QuickBooks account, MileIQ is also an easy way to track your mileage. If you haven't been keeping a mileage log, one way that you can recreate or review the business miles that you've done is to look through the transactions on your bank statement. And if you have gone to the store and bought things for business, 
then you can track and say, okay, well, I usually travel from my salon to that store. I know that it's three miles away. Boom. On January 1st, I went to Salon Centric and I bought product. So that was a business trip. And now I know that my travel from my salon to Salon Centric is three miles. So I can go ahead and take that deduction. As you're taking the mileage deduction this year, make sure that you have great records so that you have something to fall back on. Should you ever be audited, you have an easy mileage log to be able to produce for the IRS. I hope that was helpful and was able to clear up your questions about what miles are deductible and how you can deduct your vehicle on your tax return. 